welcome to New Vine Lakes Podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message and that as you listen, your faith truly does come alive in Jesus. So as I mentioned, um, Steve is over in the Philippines and gets back tomorrow afternoon. And um, he rang around and rang around and rang around and tried to find um, different people to preach. And then um, when I dropped him off at the train station, he said, Liz, I can't find anyone, you're it. (laughs) So I hope that fills you with confidence this morning. (laughs) All right, so I don't fancy myself much of a preacher to tell you the truth. I think think I'm more of a teacher. I love... um, I love being super basic and getting back to the principles of life. Um, So hopefully um, there'll be some lessons that you can take away with you um, today and hopefully um, at the end of the day open up your hearts to God and allow him to to show you what he wants specifically for you to learn today. So how about I just start in prayer. Lord God, we just thank you that we can be here. It's such a privilege, Lord God, to come together as your family, to worship together. Lord God, to be able to lay everything down and just focus on you. Lord God, to be able to open up our ears, hear what it is that you want to speak to us about. Lord God, open up our hearts and allow you to remould our hearts before you, Lord. Lord God, to challenge us, to love us, to show us grace and mercy. Lord God, it's just, it's amazing, Lord God, to be able to come before you and to worship you. Show us your ways, Lord God, that your will be done this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So... Some of you know, many of you actually won't, um, that for the last nine years I've worked at Belmont Christian College and uh, God had miraculously given me a position in the learning support department, which I absolutely loved. It was very, it was gift wrapped perfectly for me. And um, going back to maybe May, um, there started to become a stirring in my spirit, just a sensing that the winds are changing. And I remember the June long weekend, um, I just laid everything out on a mind map because my spirit, everything inside of me was just churning so much and I laid everything out that I did on a mind map and, um, and I just, what am I doing? I've got my hand in so many pies again. <laughs> it is a pattern in my life, those of you that know me, <laughs> have known me for a very long time. It seems to be one of my weaknesses. Um, and, and I just... I found myself again, you know, the last 10 years, just my identity to people is I'm just so busy. And that's what people say back to me, I'm just so busy. And I thought I've got to stand, I've got to make a break. I've got to be counter culture in this. Now, I'm not advertising that everyone gives up their job because that's what I ended up doing. That's not the message. Um, But I just knew in that moment that God was saying to me that that's what he wanted me to lay down. Um, And so I cried on and off for two weeks. It was very hard for me to surrender um, a thing that I absolutely loved. Um, And now I'm a couple of months on and when people say to me, how are you going, Liz? And the only way I've been able to describe to people how I feel is that, and if you can picture here, this is my freeway, okay? These are my lanes, okay? This is the lane I love driving in. 
actually literally too. <laughs> I love being in the overtaking lane. I like going fast and I like looking at people that I go past and going, suckers. Like <laughs> um, <laughs> there's something very powerful about this lane. There is. And, um, and the only way I can describe it is God has shifted me from here to here. And I've got this big truck in front of me and I'm like, and I'm like, oh, I'm so agitated. And, and I just know this is so easy. I just want to slip back out here. This is, this is where I'm comfortable. This is what I'm used to. And, um, and God's going, no, 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 just stay. It's okay, just stay. So um, <laughs> it's been agitating. <laughs> and when I was asking God, well, what do you want me to um, teach about? Um, this morning and I felt like God said the best thing that you can do is teach what you're going through um, because you know it and so I thought okay and he gave me a picture and the words um, position yourself was the words that he gave me and so that's the title of my sermon this morning is position yourself Um, and then the second one that he brought to my attention as I was praying is he brought the picture um, the slipstream to my mind. Now, um, anyone who doesn't know what a slipstream is, I don't know if you watched the Tour de France because I don't, but but in the Olympics when they're riding their bikes around the loop and they, they slip in and out behind each other so that the people behind the leader doesn't have to work as hard. They work together. And so um, any travelling vehicle produces a circulation of low lower air pressure behind it so that if you travel closely enough behind, it draws you in, allowing your vehicle to work less hard to overcome the air resistance. Um, Mythbusters actually did um, a little test on the slipstream and found that the perfect distance... Um, uh, that where you actually benefited the most was in the first three metres behind. Um, and then it went to, I think they still measured a little bit of benefit at 30 metres behind. But the closer you are, the more benefit. And then as you kind of fall away, the less benefit that you get. So you get that understanding. Okay. So I'm here. And, I, and can you picture this as the truck? This is my truck. This morning I actually worked, because I'm very visual, I woke up this morning and I went, oh, I should have actually drawn a big truck out of cardboard and had it here. But then you wouldn't have seen me because I would have been preaching like this. But anyway, um, <laughs> so picture this as the truck. So here I am tra- travelling behind the truck. Um, it's actually going slower than I'd like it to, if I'm honest. And um, I'm not clear on what's ahead. Um, I'm close enough to read the bumper sticker that says, if you can't see my mirrors, I can't see you. (laughs) Um, I know that God is the truck and he's forging the way ahead of me. I know that. And he's breaking through the resistance and he's allowing me to rest in the shadow of his wings. And I know that my position enables me to rest, but it requires surrender for me to get there and it requires surrender for me to remain in this position. And deep down, I irritatingly know that the speed at which God um, moves is neither slow nor fast. It's just perfection. And I have to trust that. So everything of God flows through this slipstream. Everything of God. Um, His character, his fruit, his nature, it moves freely in this space. Um, If we learn to live in that space, um, we can't help but be affected by the nature of God. 
Um, We don't have to beg. We don't have to strive. We don't have to twist God's hand to do something. We just simply position ourselves and receive. And that's what Christianity is all about. It's just positioning and receiving. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says, Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, let nothing move you, be courageous, be strong, do everything in love. And um, when I was reading through that, just again reading, let nothing move you. Be courageous, be strong. In other words, if we have to be told that, we can expect that there's things in life that are going to scare us out of this position. Um, if we're told that we need to be courageous and strong or that we need to stand firm, we know that there's things in life that are going to use force to push us out of this position. I don't know about you, but there's plenty of things that has me moving out of this position. I'm, I, I can tell you, like I, sometimes I feel like I'm schizophrenic because I'm, I'm over here and I'm like, well, how did I get here again? Um, but I kind of do like this. <laughs> my speed. (laughs) Um, And I'm just, I'm in and out of these laneways all the time. And um, I think the reason that I love David so much, um, the story of David in the Bible, is because it feels so familiar to me. Um, He is a man that also moved in and out um, of these laneways. Um, And I've been reading through 1 Samuel and um, 2 Samuel. Um, It's probably taken me months just picking it apart and just um, analysing David and and what he's doing. And I love that he is a man that failed so many times and yet God says he's a man after his own heart. And that just stuns me. So I find comfort in his story. I find hope in his story. I actually find myself in his story. So if you want to know um, what moves you out of the position, out of the position I'm standing in now, then I've got some good examples for you in David's life. So David had fear. Fear pushes us out of the slipstream that we're supposed to be in. Um, David's fear led him to, well, he he ran and he hid. Um, He avoided responsibility at times. Uh, It led to murder. He hid his true motivations. He even pretended to be someone else. Crazy, acting like a madman. Um, And so I want to ask you this morning, what fears do you have? What fears are you carrying? Is it fears of failure? Is it fears of not being able to meet up um, to other people's expectations? Is it fears of your reputation? You you wanting to have people think certain ways of you and you're worried if they don't. Um, Fears of getting hurt, fears of losing something or fears of letting people down. Um, The Bible says do not fear. Um, Do not be afraid. Um, It's actually the most common command in the Bible. Many of you know that. Um, I think it's spoken over like 350 times, I think, or 330 times. And um, when fear is the focus, it's actually hard to see anything else. So fear almost becomes like, like this and it's very hard to see through it when you've got fear. Um, and so that's why God tells us so many times. He knows there's an awful lot of stuff that scares our flesh. And it's no wonder that he spends a lot of time speaking on it. 
um, because he wants us to remain focused on him. The second thing that had David step out of that position is pride. So pride's just that place where we're like, you know, me in the fast lane here, I know what I'm doing. This is the speed I like to travel. I know, I know better then or I'm just going to do what I feel like doing. It's not hurting anyone. Um, I'm actually doing well for myself. Do I need God? I don't really need God. I'm doing okay. Um, I actually find that, um, you know, travelling in and out of different countries and looking at the prosperity of Australia, that um, prosperity actually um, is a breeding ground for pride um, and prosperity is a breeding ground for complacency. Um, and I'm not saying um, I'm not saying that money can't be good, um, but it's a heart motivation. It's the chasing after it all the time. It's the chasing after if only, and then I'll get secure, and then I'll I just need this to get ahead of everyone else. Whatever it is, um, our prosperity actually quite often, um, you know, we have a fear of trying to stay in line with other people financially or get ahead and um, and that is based out of fear. And complacency, whew, she's not a good <laughs> she's not a good thing to sit in either. So King David against wise counsel, um, he he actually went out and counted his men, didn't he? There was a time there where his right hand man counseled him not to do it and he decided to go out and count all the men in his army. Now, do you know it took him 10 months to do that? So for 10 months, he's flexing his muscles. He's flexing his muscles to see how big's my army. Gee, I've made it. This is fantastic. I can put my my trust in how big my army is. So he lost focus. But the thing I love about David is um, he is repentant and God came to him and God was not happy that he had... He'd been putting his trust um, in his men and the consequences were he got to choose actually. There were three that he got to choose between and he ended up choosing the plague which then ended up wiping out 70,000 of his people. There are consequences for being in this lane. There are consequences. Um, And the other end of the scale which I actually find that we don't focus on very often, the other end of the scale to pride is false humility. And a lot of us can find ourselves in that position as well. And what I mean by false humility is that whole, oh, I'm not good enough, Um, I don't have any value for the kingdom, or if only you knew, um, uh, what have I got here? I'm not valuable enough, I'm not worthy enough, I'm not useful enough, he wouldn't accept me. Well, who says that? Who says that? God hasn't said that. And so false humility also has us separated from the slipstream, separated from God and the position that we need to be in. And the third thing that I've, I noticed that David did was he was led away by his own desires. Okay, the Bible says, or it already tells us we're led away by our own desires. David's personal desires led him into an affair. It led him into murder, a cover-up, and consequently he ended up losing his firstborn son to Bathsheba because of being led by his own desires. 
So what is it about David that has God saying in 1 Samuel 13, 14, I sought a man after my own heart? It's a bit strange, isn't it? That David has these things in his life that he finds himself here, but God says, I, I chose a man that he's after my own heart. I love him. And the reason that God says he sought a man after his own heart is because David knew how to do this. He knew how to come back into this laneway. And what I want you to know today is, yes, I've got two lanes here, but there can be three, four. They can keep going that way. It only takes one step to get back to here, to position yourself back into God. Isn't that amazing? So I want to focus today on helping us to know how to reposition ourselves, because I can guarantee we're all in and out of these lanes. <laughs> it's not just me. We're all in and out of these lanes. So steps to positioning yourself in God's slipstream. Number one, fear of the Lord. I find this really hard to teach on and really hard to try and help people to understand and I realise I can't. I can tell you and I can try and teach you, but you're only going to get the fear of the Lord by going into the presence of God. But let me try anyway. I'll try. <laughs> um, first of all, um, just discerning the word fear is not being afraid of God. Um, it's a reverence. It's an awe. It's a respect. Uh, in Proverbs 10, 27, it says, The fear of the Lord is beginning of wisdom. Psalm 33, 9. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him. You are to follow your God and fear him. Keep his commandments and listen to his voice. Serve him and hold him fast. So fearing the Lord means to be in a reverent awe of his holiness, to have an honour and a deep respect for God's power and authority. Um, for me, watching the Queen's funeral uh, was a really good example for me. And I don't know what it was. It just it captured my heart so much and I found myself crying and I found myself in awe and just and watching all of those soldiers and sailors, sorry, the Navy, come together and embrace their arms like that and then just rock and march. Did anyone else get moved by that? And then the Queen on the gun carriage and and then the, the bagpipes and the armies and I just, I just thought to myself, I had that moment, I'm like, Jesus, that should have been you. That should have been the type of procession that you were given when you died. And it's possibly, in my short experience, um, from an earthly point of view, um, an event that has probably held more respect and awe than, than I've probably witnessed in my life. And um, so I was greatly moved um, by that. But the fear of the Lord um, truly sinks in when you can recognise your own condition in Christ. It's the only way you're going to understand or have an understanding of fear is understanding our actual condition in Christ. So our true condition, which we don't like to <laughs> focus on, 
it's actually really, really self-serving. Our motivations, even to do good things at time, are still um, wanting to be seen and they're wanting to be praised and get a pat on the back, be recognised, be valued. Our deep desires to have significance, value and security have us being pulled constantly by the strings of the world. We're like a puppet and we're seeking fulfilment in the newest truth and the latest cultural trends um, and dangerously seeking truth in each other. Romans 7.18 says, um, For I know that in me my flesh dwells no good thing. How many of you wrestled with that verse? I'm like, there's some good in me, God. (laughs) What do you mean there's no good thing? Like I I can cook a meal and take it. Like I see lots of non-Christians doing good things. What on earth do you mean by this? (laughs) It's a hard one to wrestle. But the Bible says that there is no good thing apart from God that we have all wandered astray, stand guilty before God and are enslaved by sin. We are morally ruined. Our flesh is hostile to God. And I just want to identify there that when Paul speaks about these two verses here, he's actually making a distinction between flesh. There's no good thing in the flesh. Yeah. Okay, when we have Christ in us, then... Yeah, we've got a good thing. (laughs) We're righteous. We carry everything of Christ is being carried in us. So today's message is not for you to sit there and go, oh, I suck, I suck, I suck. Well, your flesh does. (laughs) Um, But you don't because you stand in a greater truth. You stand in Christ. Yeah. Amen. God is holy, he's pure, he's powerful, he's perfection, he's wisdom, he's grandness. His magnificent cannot be measured. He's our deliverer. He's your salvation, your hope, your joy and your peace. So I just want to encourage you, if you don't understand what the fear of the Lord means, then seek it out today. All it requires is just, is just coming across to here and just allowing some time, some quiet time with God. Allow him to show you, to draw you in to that slipstream and show you his goodness. You'll get a fear of the Lord pretty quickly because I know for me the closer that I've gotten to God, the more disgusted I am at my own flesh. But the closer I get to God, oh man, I'm so excited to have access to his kingdom. I'm so excited to walk in his righteousness. Do you know, it's actually hard to um, find time to devote to God, to worshipping him. We know that. It's one of our biggest enemies. But I have such a deep desire for all of my New Vine Lakes family to know how to seek the presence of God so that when you come together on a Sunday, you're not looking to feast because you've already feasted throughout the week. In fact, you should be coming here with a food coma. (laughs) You should be coming here ready to be giving other people food because you've eaten already, you know. Um, And so when, when we can actually learn how to be spending time with God throughout the week, can you imagine 
what's going to be birthed on a Sunday when the body gets together. The words of knowledge, the prophecy, the worship time. (laughs) Amazing. Now, the fear of the Lord, number one, and it has to be number one. Because I think if you don't understand that, these next two steps you're not going to follow. So the fear of the Lord is number one. And when we get that right, then the next ones aren't too bad. (laughs) Repentance. Um, I've been sharing with Steve quite a lot about repentance and thinking that even as a church, I don't hear it spoken about very often anymore. And I think maybe we've lost the art of um, understanding it and regularly coming before God and repenting. And when I go through and read, even through all of the healings through the New um, Testament, which I've been doing, and I'm like, repentance is linked with it. Repentance is always linked with healing. There's got to be something about us being able to go, I'm really sorry, God, and allowing him to be able to move through us. So it's not talked about much and maybe because um, our sins aren't very pleasant to focus on. But the flesh doesn't like the spotlight. Uh, We also don't often think about the need of repentance because affluent society, we're doing okay. We're doing okay. Um, we don't, sometimes we just, we think what we're doing is really not that bad or, um, because essentially we're, we're good people, aren't we? And we're certainly not as bad as others. Well, that's dangerous thinking. (laughs) Is it not? (laughs) We don't position ourselves above other people. No way. We're all in the same boat. So we've categorised sin. Oh gosh, I've lived in that for a long time. And, and that is what gives us the justification of little sins. It's not too bad. They don't seem so bad. They don't seem necessary to repent of. Um, and if we find ourselves in a position of justifying our actions, um, so what I mean by that is when you find that there's just that, you find yourself at a crossroad going, should I do this, should I not, or should I have done what I did? And then you start to justify it and you start to think, oh, surely it wasn't that bad or it doesn't really mention that in the Bible, so maybe it's okay to do this. Then you're probably um, finding that you've misaligned yourself already. It's probably a good indication um, that you're misaligned with God when you're starting to try and justify stuff. Hebrews 10.22 let us draw near to God with sincere hearts and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. So repentance is the process of reviewing your actions and recognising your wrongs, admitting to God that we stuffed up. It's okay. We do it all the time. It's the process of choosing wisdom um, over flesh. It's actually, um, it really is a beautiful process to be washed clean to have all of the dredge and the muck and stuff that we tend to kind of carry behind us to be washed off. King David, 
This is what I love about King David. I love it. He found himself here so many times because of his pride, um, because of his, you know, disobedience to God at times, because of his fear, because of his lack of surrender. He found himself here, but every time, this is, I, I mentioned it in one of my other sermons, in Psalms, you know, he's a whinger, man. Sometimes David is a whinger. But at the end of every Psalms, he's restored himself back to here every time. And that's what I love about him because I recognise myself in, in David here and I'm still trying to learn, like him, how to come back to this, this position here. David had a repentant heart. David actually hated being separated from God. David said, I am in deep distress Let us fall into the hands of the Lord for his mercy is great. And then he says, I have sinned greatly in what I have done. Now, O Lord, I beg you, take away the guilt of your servant. I've done a very foolish thing. If you find yourself in conflict with someone in church or with, you know, outside of church, Repent. Don't pull it all apart. Whose fault it is, she said, he said, that. whatever. Just repent. Step back into this position. If you find yourself trying to protect your reputation, we actually don't have one <laughs> without Christ. So repent. If you find yourself not giving to God what you know he's challenged you to give, repent. If you find yourself thinking in ways that are not aligned with God's truth of yourself, which is a big one, or of a situation, repent. If you share information that's not yours to share, repent. If you're really worried and you find yourself, you know, your tummy churning all the time about finances, how am I going to make it? How's this going to happen? Just lay it before God. If you have thoughts that are focused on lies, repent. We just we bring all these things to the light so that it can be dealt with. So repentance. Well, the fear of the Lord's number one. Repentance, and then the third one is surrender. The surrendering of our own desires. Whew. <laughs> Laying down of your will. I've had so many times in my life, especially raising four kids, where I've said to Steve, I know what Jesus would have felt on that cross. (laughs) I don't know if that's blasphemous or not, but I've said it and I reckon I felt it. And I said to Steve, I don't think there's any more flesh that can be nailed down. Like these kids have taken everything from me. Not some, they're given back now, don't worry, don't worry. But there's times as a mother where I'm just like, I don't know if I can get any closer to understanding what it is to constantly lay down my own desires and it hurts and this flesh wants to fight it all the time. It's hard. Luke 9, 23 to 24 says, If anyone would come after me and let him deny himself and take up his cross daily, follow me. 
For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Psalm 51, 17. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, God, will not despise. Um, a contrite heart, just... Um, and, sorry, a contrite heart or spirit is when a person's inner man or will has been broken so that they're no longer running after the things that they want but they're surrendering um, to God. A broken heart or a broken will says I will no longer do it my way or on my terms but I will surrender to your ways. And this type of heart, the heart that David understood, is fully surrendered to God. He will never, God says he'll never turn away a heart that's, that's surrendered. And a heart that's surrendered is in this slipstream. So abiding in Christ is doing these three things over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. <laughs> abiding in, in Christ, it's actually participating. Abiding means participating with Christ, not imitating. And what I mean by that is whenever we're out here, this is our flesh. Whenever we're out here, we're striving. We're trying to do what we can to serve God. We're trying to do everything that we can to remain good and live within what the Bible says. We're kind of still caught up in the law. But abiding comes here in the slipstream. God's leading the way. He's breaking through and you're just resting in everything that's coming your way. Steve mentioned um, last week, he was talking about the credit card. Do you remember him talking about having a credit card with God's name on it? Um, and he was just talking about that's the authority that you have to be able to spend in God's kingdom. Well, I wanted to bring a little bit more reality to that because if you're like me, have you ever, or it happened to me a lot when the kids were young, I'd go to use my card and it would come up insufficient funds. Yeah? <laughs> Don't you hate that? <laughs> and I realised we have God's card, but whilst ever we're trying to purchase things out here, we're going to get insufficient funds. And what I mean by that is that the flesh is trying to make a purchase. And you died to the flesh. A dead person can't go up to a bank and use a credit card, right? And so if you find yourself getting insufficient funds and you just feel like God's not giving me what I want, I'm really frustrated, He mustn't care about me, I don't have the answer for you. All I know is that all you need to do is come across here because I know that in this slipstream, that card, you're making purchases in the Spirit. Nothing's going to be denied. You've got access to His kingdom and everything in it, in that storehouse. Nothing's denied in this. I don't want anyone to go home feeling discouraged because that's not what this message is about. I don't want people to be feeling bad that they're constantly, you know, flicking in and out here because I'm this person. I'm in and out of these lanes all the time. And I'm okay with that. I don't mind if I stuff up. What I do mind is if I don't find my way back here.
God is not after perfect people. He's simply looking for imperfect people who are willing to repent and come back to Him. That's all He's after is a contrite heart, a heart that's willing to surrender. Imperfect people standing firm in His identity, in God's identity, so that everything that is true of Christ is now true of me. If I'm standing here, everything that is true of Christ is now true of me. Amen? Because I'm not living in my old, I laid down my old self. This is the new self here. This is the righteous, Liz. (laughs) It's all about positioning. When you're positioned in the slipstream, there's no guilt, there's no striving, there's no worries, there's no shame, there's no heaviness. When you position yourself in the slipstream, Holy Spirit moves through you. You are in line to receive the resources and gifts that God desires to give you and you operate in them freely. Will you have trouble here? Yeah, there's going to be some rocks that probably get tossed up from passerbys and, (laughs) you know, that, that threaten to hit you. You're going to get bruised and battered a little bit in this. You're not, you're not completely protected. But when you do have troubles, God's actually, you've got, you've got that storehouse in front of you. You've actually got God, first of all, in front of you, breaking the resistance. And then picture a truck that's got its back doors open and all the cargo is just pouring out. <laughs> and you're just there going, oh my gosh, it's just, this is amazing. You can actually walk through anything when you're positioned there. So I want to just leave us today just in a moment of self-reflection. So Elijah, you can, you can come on up. We're going to go through um, a worship song, Jesus at the Centre. Again, don't you just love how God just works through other people to choose the right song that's going to go with your sermon. And I just want to encourage you to have a time of self-reflection now. Where are you? Where are you positioned today? It's okay. It's okay to be positioned out here. It's actually okay to share with others around you. This is actually where I am at the moment. I feel that striving. I don't feel satisfied in who I am. I'm struggling with lies or disbelief or whatever it is. It's okay to be here. Just share with someone where you're at. If you need someone to walk with you to there, that's okay. But the most important thing is that you don't leave today without repositioning yourself here. If there's things that you need to repent of, if you know that there's, there's things that you're holding on into your heart um, that God has asked you to lay down, then this morning's a time to repent of that. If you know there's things that God's calling you into or, or asking you to give your time to or your finances to, whatever it is, and you haven't been willing to surrender that, it's time to surrender today because I promise you this is the lane you want to walk in. This is where abundance is. Remember um, the saying, and I love it, that Christianity, oh, how's it go, Tam? Christianity's not hard. It's impossible. Christianity's not hard. It's impossible. 
unless you position yourself here. Yeah. So let's... Just as Liz was saying that, I just had a word. God was putting my head through that. That He sort of said, um, what's stronger, a man who can take a thousand blows before he gets knocked down or a man who takes one blow, gets knocked down and gets up a thousand times or more. And the taking the blow is in this lane, often our own making. The getting back up is in that lane. Yeah, thanks for that, Andrew. So let's just close our eyes. I'm just going to pray for all of us. Um, And I just want to encourage if anyone feels like they need someone to help them out of any of those lanes over there, please come forward and let us pray for you this morning. If you just need time yourself just to kneel before God and, and lay your heart before Him, then do that. Let's pray. Lord God, Holy Spirit, Jesus, just so thankful that you minister to us. Show us this morning areas of our heart that need to be surrendered to you. Areas where we find ourselves either constantly disappointed in ourselves. Areas where we've been holding on really tight to things that we're not willing to allow you to have access to. Perhaps it's a fear of what will God ask me to do if I do let go of this? What will other people think? Lord God, we just don't want to be bound by the things of this world. We want to be counterculture, Lord God. We want to be able to, for people to be able to see a difference, to recognise that we walk in your identity, not our own, that we walk in victory, not in failure. Lord God, help us to be willing to repent, to be willing to acknowledge the things that we just, we've not trusted you in. Lord God, to repent so we can position ourselves in you. Give us strength, give us courage to stand firm and not be moved in Jesus' name. Thanks heaps for listening to this week's message. To find out more about what's happening in the life of our church and how you can join in with all the fun, head to newbindlengths.com.au or find us on social media. Have a lovely week.